0: This call is not put on by Beamer USA. It's just us, a group of independent Beamer distributors all helping one another. So grab a pen and paper, listen carefully, and get ready to learn and share. Stay tuned. The show is about to begin.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Beamer Blog Talk Radio. I'm Rainy Hale, so you know this has to be Horse Thursday. I'm um, super happy to be with you all today, calling from a chilly but i'm seeing some blue sky and sun today from the pacific northwest so um nice cool winter day but um i know other places um including our special guest today are calling from some pretty extreme weather so um i hope you all are being safe and staying warm um i'm going to just do a quick intro today um because we have a, a wonderful special guest that i'm really excited about um so um, I'm just going to quickly say hello to my co-hosts. I've got we've got Tiff with us this morning. Hi, Tiff.
2: Good morning, Rainy. Good morning, Cindy. And look forward to our special guests we have today. And just great to be here always on Blog Talk Radio and talking about Beamer.
3: All right. And then Cindy, good morning. Good morning, Rainey. Good morning, Tiff, and everyone out there. It's a uh... Another beautiful, we just had a couple of beautiful days in a row. They're cool, but uh, totally blue skies. So you can see the snow on the mountains and uh, not have to deal with it on the ground. So I'm happy (laughs) and uh, looking forward to, you know, has our guest called in yet? I told her to give us about five minutes.
1: She was on, but I think we, oh, no, there she is. There she is. I'm going to open our line and she's all yours if you want to introduce her. Absolutely.
3: Well, good morning, Ms. Hannah. I hope that uh, your connection is good. Um, We're excited today to have as our guest speaker um, a group leader from Canada, from Ontario, where I understand that she's in the middle of an ice storm. So really doubly (laughs) appreciate uh, the fact that she's brave to call in, but probably a good idea to be inside in these circumstances, (laughs) Um, and so um, uh, I had the pleasure to meet Hannah in person down at the uh, veterinary conference in San Antonio, and I work with her on, um, you know, on the academy project as well as the actual equine academy. So, Uh, This is an example of how Beamer brings people together that you might not otherwise get a chance to meet, and I'm just thrilled, Hannah, for you to call in today. This is Hannah Taylor, and she is what we call as uh, her professional title, it's EDO, and we're going to talk about that because I I, I think that's something that a lot of people don't know about, and we have a, a lot of things to discuss. So, Hannah, are you there?
4: Hi, ladies, I'm here. I hope uh, my connection is okay. The ice storm yeah, seems good. to be good very politely oh, good. right now. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Long-time listener, but I think this is actually my first time calling. Yeah, I think so, too. So, um,
3: <clears throat> And we did, we posted uh, a picture, thank you, on the uh, Beamer Horse IBD Group North America Facebook page. Um, and that also kind of introduces you in that respect. but um, look, you know, let's just start at the beginning just to say, if you say, um, what does edo stand for? Yeah,
4: so i uh, I'm an equine osteopath Edo, so the three letters actually stand for equine diplomat osteopathy, um, and that's the professional designation that we receive. so, um, diplomat being kind of a, a funny word to use here, as most people would, you know, attribute, attribute it to something else. But um, what we're trying to define here is someone who's been trained and educated extensively beyond the regular borders of their basic education.
1: Um,
4: and for me, that was actually at the Blugen Institute for Equine Osteopsy and Education. Um, so they have two locations, one in northern Germany in Europe, and then in Texas in the United States. So after you've completed your three-and-a-half to four-year program, we actually sit and take um, a practical exam and a theoretical exam with an international committee, the IREO, International Registrar for Equine Osteopathy. And then when you pass with that and you do have that kind of international accreditation, um, you get to put those nice three letters behind your name. Oh, my gosh,
3: I had no idea that the training was that long, Hannah. So, so can you tell us a little bit more about what osteopathy entails?
4: Yeah, so it is um, a practice that's based in, obviously, a manual assessment of the horse. But what's really important for us is to always have a very holistic and whole horse picture um, with The goal, the end goal for us really being to restore homeostatic balance, um, normalizing their circulation, which we'll find out why that's so important a little bit later and why I I request the (laughs) technology. But uh, we do that through working on the neurological system, the vascular system, um, ultimately helping the body to self-regulate or get back to the place where it can have that that auto-correction um, and that self regulation, how so it can, you know, work at its optimal level. Yeah.
3: I I heard a lot of key words there that um are part <laughs> of our vocabulary <laughs> in Beamer. Yes, I and mean, even absolutely. just some of them from yeah, from Dr. Burke even last night on his wellness series. So um uh let can you kind of tell us how you got introduced to Beamer and um, and what caught your attention when you um, when you were introduced?
4: Yeah, for sure. And uh, one of my favorite quotes to kind of sum up, you know, one of the reasons why I do love the balance between obviously a physical modality like osteopathy, um, but then our technology and specifically what our technology can do. Um, Andrew Taylor still is the founder of Osteopathy, and he has a quote that says, "When blood and lymphatics flow freely, the tissues can perform their physiologic functions without impedance. so with the occurrence of trauma over time physical or emotional, the tissues contract, twist, and compress, therefore the fluid flow becoming obstructed so I had uh, had a pretty good background in um, you know electromagnetic modalities, various other uh, kind of popular modalities within the last ten years that have come up for for horses. But when I started going to school, so I actually have a bachelor of science in animal biology from the University of Guelph. Um, so having a pretty good knowledge in anatomy and physiology before, and then coming to you know, my osteopathy career, when we started talking about, you know, the ultimate goal in normalizing the circulation and ensuring that we have proper vascular tone, vascular health to prevent and maintain all these intrinsic um, properties of the body, um, hearing about the patented technology that Beamer has and what our signal proven to do, it really became um, like synchronic with my goals as an equine osteopath. So I started using it within my sessions for clients, um, but always looking for something to recommend after and something that they could use at home to continue on with the benefits that I was promoting, but ultimately that their horse had the ability to do themselves. So very Um, confidence for sure in the benefits that the technology can offer and it uh, becomes a staple for sure. So when you uh,
3: do sessions for your client, and I realize, you know, there's no way to say, you know, one one stop fits all, but um, um, how often would you typically see a client that you were working with for something that was um, not more, not a maintenance, but more of a, a an acute or chronic situation.
4: So we kind of abide by this principle too, where you know we find it, we fix it, we leave it alone, and then let nature do the rest. So the ideal, and it's not a great business model, but the ideal is that I don't see clients very often, um, you know, dealing with more performance horses. Uh, I would say my immediate discipline that I work on is hunter jumper as that was my um, kind of competition that I would uh, be involved in. I see horses most often every four to five weeks if they are in a regular program um, for osteopathy, but then offering these different modalities or services um, in addition to that might mean that I see clients a little bit sooner as well okay and
3: and maybe maybe during shows too that they that you know they might say, We need you just before or just after,
4: yeah, absolutely so in a in a show environment where the horses are stabling um from usually Tuesday to Sunday or Wednesday to Sunday, um I will most often see them once a week for something. um I do offer other therapeutic services other products as well so it's not always um uh, manual work or it's not always beamer but as we know it is a very complementary modality so um if i'm pairing anything i'm usually doing beamer in addition to something else but ultimately my goal is to uh introduce to the clients where they will then see the benefit of having their own and make their their daily lives more more impactful and, and uh, healthier.
3: Well, I think you you've done that very successfully and uh, forgive me for not knowing the exact numbers, but I sure saw your name up when we did recognition for um, being um, a top sales from last year. Um, and particularly for Canada. So, you know, congratulations. You've obviously introduced Beamer to um, a lot of people and clients up there. Um, so when you when you first were introduced, was it um, the horse set, and maybe that was probably the V2, or was it at the human level?
4: So, yeah, it was the horse set. I had seen the technology um, I had actually seen the Beamer 3000, the original one, um, kind of through my travels, Canada and the United States, uh, but the V2 in 2019, so kind of in its, its last year of life, really, uh, was when I started to look at it more as it was 2018 that I started my um, osteopathy education, my formal training. So... Uh, It only officially launched in Canada in April of 2019, so I waited until then. But I actually had uh, my mentor, who is an osteopath as well, she lent me the technology for about three months, because I was very skeptical, and uh, just said, use it, you know, see how your clients like it, see if you can feel a difference. Um, really get to know the product on that day-to-day level and what it can offer. And then uh, I purchased my own, and that's really that's the full story. Once I once I experienced it for myself, the Horset was something that I knew would uh, definitely withstand the test of time in, in my own business and my own application. So
3: the, so you were able to use it. That, what a great... Sponsor, mentor, to be able to mm-hmm. make that offer to you, because we know that that um, you know the experience and the observation are worth thousands of words. Um, so, how long then did it take you um, to say, "I better have one of these for myself as so a human"?
4: <laughs> I did end up using the V2 and getting a V2, uh, but I upgraded pretty much as soon as the V3 came out in January, whenever it was available, around the 15th, I think, of January, mid-month. But when I started using the V2, um, naturally you're going to have clients saying, you know, what is this? Or, you know, are they only for professional use? Is that something I can use myself? Um, And I kind of made a little goal for myself and i said if i can sell two of these without physically owning my own just speaking to the benefits of it and i'm a very um i like i like my data and i like my scientific research so having the ability to back up the claims with some very factual and quantitative data um, was important to me and i said if i can sell two of these without physically owning one um i'm in And I had three clients purchase them just from seeing the benefits of, you know, short sessions here and there and, um, you know, hearing about the technology in a way that, you know, I could present it from my point of view. Um, And then after that, it was uh, something I integrated whenever I could. So, have
3: you always loved horses, or what? You've put a lot of years and and hard work into kind of preparation and
4: training. You know, what got you started? I am a true born into it horse girl. So, I don't think I could have escaped if I wanted to. But I, I do thank my mom <laughs> for that. Uh, she was heavily involved in the quarter horse. Uh, circuit up and down the East Coast. So she was actually a maritime girl. She was in Nova Scotia and um, would travel down to New York and Pennsylvania and do um, kind of the bigger stuff down there. So I always went into the English side of things as in Ontario, I would say that's just a little bit more accessible for, you know, entry-level lesson programs and things like that. But um, I ended up owning multiple horses, competing um, kind of throughout North America in the Hunters, but then with my, my most recent competition mare was a show jumper, and I was lucky enough to be able to take her down to Wellington, Florida, and uh, really kind of experience that different caliber of, of performance and competition, but also the uh, healthcare side of the industry that goes into maintaining a horse like that. That's really what started wow. me on my quest for these alternative paths and, and different hands-on uh, modalities and, and applications of therapies and technologies.
3: Yeah, yeah. When, when you go down to Wellington, and as I understand, it's definitely not in Kansas anymore. It's um, uh, just the magnitude no. of things there. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, and I know it is, (laughs) but, and one of the things I just, I have to compliment you on because you do have, um, thank you for a number of posts that you do on the IBD group, our Facebook page, but whenever you go and, and you've done a number of shows, the bigger ones, maybe we could talk about the Royal a little bit, but to say, um, your booth looks like it was, you know, like you hired a designer. You know, they are—they're beautifully done. They're very professional. They um, are very inviting, and just—you know—I I think if somebody showed me a picture of several booths, I could pick yours out every time. <laughs> so, I, I just—you I know—that you put a lot of thought into it, and it really shows. So,
4: yeah, thank you. I always thank joke too, uh, like my my mom is an artist but she is also a horse lover so I definitely got the horse gene and my sister got the art gene she's a freelance illustrator um, in Toronto in the city so my artsy side it it comes out in that way but doing booths is probably one of the most fun things that I've got to do with Beamer and um, you know I have represented different products before and been involved in um, kind of bringing them up to Canada and being responsible for training and sales to some extent, but um, I've never gotten to have the freedom like we do with Beamer being, you know, an independent distributor to really showcase the product in a way that I want to. So I definitely hold myself to a very high standard, but, you know, creating a yeah, no well. lot <laughs> homey environment for people to try the product just gives it you know a little bit extra so yeah it's fun it's it's a, a big ordeal usually to set it up and I have no one to blame but myself but I love it once it's once it's up and running yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah it is a, yeah it's not something you do just by yourself I'm sure so um how do you kind of with you know, this intensive background that you have, how do you introduce um, um, people, riders, using the Beamer themselves when you've been working with their horses?
4: I think being in uh, a professional capacity or or some sort of, you know, professional body worker gives me a little bit of a layer uh, to present the technology in a way that they understand the benefit for their horses right away. So my first chance usually is creating parallels between the horse's body and ours, because we do have a similar phys- physiology, uh, regardless of the you know structure that it's put into. So, um, if people can understand you know that blood flow is really the root of all health but it can also be the root of our issues that we're experiencing or conditions conditions whether those are acute chronic from a trauma anything like that um you know i i don't think it takes much if they can listen to understand how it can be impactful for their performance as well and I think we are in, you know, an era where people are really appreciating this air movement and taking responsibility for their own bodies. So it's definitely a good time to highlight the technology for both horses and humans. And then my, my, my go-to is always if they can experience it. So if that's a single session where I can, that's great if I can give them, you know, a unit or if they can take a rental uh, to utilize, whether that's for recovery or for a specific issue, a specific injury. Um, Experiencing it is always the most powerful. But, I mean, we've all encountered that, and we know that, but uh, if someone can try it, that's really where the the greatest impact lies, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and I still think it's about to, um, you know, it's managing expectations because uh, we typically see, um, you know, an honest and objective response from the horse fairly quickly, and we have,
0: you
3: know, people's brains get in the way. Um, And, you know, to be able to give feedback and, and tell people what to expect or what not to expect so that they don't think that they're going to, you know, necessarily Feel something right away. I think that's really important. Um, yeah. Yes. But but tell us about um, uh, that Facebook picture. So you got one hand up by the withers and you're holding uh, you're holding the horse's left front leg up and mm-hmm. tell us what's going on there.
4: Yeah. So that's actually a bit of motion palpation or evaluation, um, and that specific area is. Uh, where my hand is on the horse, um, it's actually called the scapulothoracic junction. So that's the area where the scapula, which is the largest bone in the the horse's shoulder region, uh, translates with the soft tissue structures of the thorax, so the mid-thoracic region of the horse's trunk or their body. Um, And because horses are obviously much larger than we are, Um, I'm using the leg as a little bit of a lever arm to influence the motion of the scapula. So um, it is a bit interesting, and especially in that region too, um, being called the scapulothoracic junction. So what is interesting, although most of the areas that we do test motion for, uh, we are testing physical joints. Um, We don't call that scapulothoracic area a joint because it's not a traditional articular structure. So there's no cartilage that lies between the scapula and the body directly. Um, So for us as an osteopath, what we actually start to define a joint as, um, it's anywhere two anatomical structures meet and then motion has to take place. So in that picture... Although, you know, you can't see it moving, I'm influencing that scapula to move in the kind of dorsal one-third, the top one-third of that scapula against that, um, that junction, that meeting place. But we can define an osteopathic joint as anything that's bone-to-bone, um, must muscle-to-bone, visceral, uh, visceral on visceral, so how are the organs sliding against each other? Um, visceral nerve, visceral fascia, anything like that. So we are always evaluating how is this structure moving, and then how is it moving against everything surrounding it as well. <laughs> I
3: think our audience can get a glimpse of um why I like working with you at academies <laughs> because you are um, you do an excellent job of explanation to me um and I just really appreciate that so so would this be one of the areas that you particularly like to use the cuffs as intensive applicators?
4: yeah, definitely depending on uh the horse in front of me, so how they're presenting um the localized application of the cuff, so especially upgrading to this from the V2 uh, was hugely impactful for how I integrate the Beamer into my day-to-day application. Um, And I think I probably wasn't the only one, you know, when the V2 shifted to the V3, there was that momentary panic. We go, okay, we're losing an applicator that we love so much, just that single cuff, but What we didn't see immediately right away was how many different places and how many different ways we were going to be able to utilize what we now know as the Tufts being kind of that that panel that we're applying to the legs, but then, of course, off-label on the body in a limitless amount of ways. I haven't found an area that I haven't been able to target at this point yeah that's
3: well, you also mentioned something else that we try and focus on too, and that's um because um the tendency is always to say, You know, tell me how to use this, and that means then I can do that on every horse and mm-hmm. and and so you know working with the horse that's in front of you, can you talk about that aspect a little bit?
4: yeah, and I think that depends on ultimately your relationship with that horse. So um, whether you are a professional coming into the barn, um, you know, a different kind of service provider, a sole beamer distributor that's going in and applying the technology, the horse is an owner, a rider, trainer, whatever you are, um, your, your best chance for success is going to be um, asking the owner or whoever is going to have kind of a predominant role in that particular horse's life, um, asking them, you know, if they've what they've been experiencing lately, whether that's on the ground, if they've had uh, trauma, or do they think that there's an area where this horse could use a little extra help? Because there there are a lot of um, benefits that we can offer if you do. You know, approach the situation with proper training and respect, but we don't expect everyone to have the eye to look at a horse and go, "Oh, that doesn't look so good there," or maybe you know the muscle tone isn't looking you know very healthy there. So communication with uh, whoever the handler is, the owner, rider, whatever, um, and getting their insight on maybe what the horse has struggled with in the past, past or um, areas that they could apply those cuffs to have a little bit greater benefit from that that short session is really what's going to be most important. So given that you've
3: got a busy schedule, do you have much time for yourself to be able to ride?
4: (laughs) At this moment in time, not as much as I would like. But um, when I was going through school and everything, I – I definitely put riding on the back burner. So the mayor, uh, my most recent mayor that I was competing with, she is, um, you know, kind of waiting. She has some lovely people that are riding her and and loving on her. And then uh, when she comes back to me, she will just retire. But I was always graced with really good uh, instructors and mentors, trainers when I was competing. So I always – had a really good feel, and that's a word if you're not a rider. Um, some people have it and some people don't, and um, <laughs> I was lucky enough to be able to feel when a horse was maybe stepping unbalanced or when they weren't working to their full potential. So translating that into my profession now on the ground whether I'm seeing a horse under saddle moving or in the paddock, pasture field, um, or just standing static, uh, I like that I can pick up on things a little bit more and I can point them at the owners and they might then be able to correlate some other behaviors, but it definitely um, is something that you can practice on and having the relationship with the horse is only going to uh, make that better.
3: So it's, you know, in your case, it's really, I mean, it's, it sounds like, you know, it's a, it's a lifetime of, you know, having grown up with this and developed some um, extra sensory perception almost. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. you know, with the horses, as well as, you know, some real, you know, intensive education and training. I I really, I appreciate hearing this because uh, this is not something that I was aware of, and I thought that other people would be interested. Um, And I just looked at the clock, and I went, wow, I've managed to uh, consume a lot of time with you, and and I want to, you know, certainly be respectful of my co-host to say, um, Rainey, you had mentioned that this is not um, um, a profession that you had worked with yet. And do, uh, do you and Tiff have any questions that, um, for Hannah that um, we can squeeze in?
1: Yeah. Um, th- first, thank you for the for taking. I know your schedule's got to be crazy, so thank you so much for taking the time. We love having you on here. Um, Oh, yeah, um, osteopathy is something that I've always been interested in. Just even from the human side, just that type of mm-hmm. practice really appealed to me. That whole body kind of—I'm um, trying to think of the word I want. That just looking at the the body as a whole, as that from from that perspective, I just love that. And so I really yeah. I'm really interested in the fact that you know, using that for, for, on equine, it's just incredible to me. And so I'm really excited about the work that you're doing and, and just from that perspective of looking at the, the body and, you know, health from that perspective is, is incredible to me. Um, so thank you so much. I, my eyes are opened into a whole new kind of thing to, to look at. Um, but beyond that, I know the, (laughs) (laughs) the question that, you know, and I come from, I, you probably don't know me, but, um, um, Uh, my dad is a veterinarian and I've worked in a veterinary practice Mm -hmm. my whole life. So um, that's, that's my background. Um, And I still work in a, in a clinic uh, mixed animal practice. And um, so, but the question we get a lot from our listeners um, and from just about everybody that wants to know from practitioners that use Beamer in in their practice is how, how you use it and and when that's the big thing people want to know. Are you using it? Um, before? Are you using it after? You using it during? I, I can only imagine that you probably want to do some um, at least initial evaluation and then maybe Beamer and then maybe your, your actual work, but um, that's pure speculation. So I know that's what a lot of people like to, to know is how and when you use it in your, when you do use it on your clients, um, how, you, how you implement that into your program.
4: Yeah. And your speculation is, is pretty correct. So um, if it's a brand new horse or a horse that, you know, I don't know much about, um, I prefer to do all health history in person. So um, there's a lot of talking when I first get there. There's a lot of, uh, you know, writing and looking at the horse and trying
0: to really get the full
4: picture of what I'm going to be working with. Um, In some cases, I might, just because the horse is maybe already out, I might have the beamer on the horse while I'm getting all that history, so we're kind of uh, not taking away any extra time from the appointment. Um, I, you can feel a difference in the tissue after you do uh, a beamer session because we are obviously perfusing the area, but I haven't found it to be enough of an influence where it detracted from potentially feeling the source of an issue or feeling the true health of um, maybe the structures that I'm working on. But mm-hmm. most traditionally, I will uh, have the owner get the horse out um, and then do my initial, um, you know, assessment and and then put the beamer on for just a five-minute session. I only do usually one program one. Um, maybe with or without the cups, depending on if i felt the pole needs a little attention or um, an extremity, a, a, a knee or a hind leg, something like that. But I will finish with doing my full um, kind of osteopathic corrections or, or removing any restrictions that might be there. And then sometimes I might apply it again at the end, but most often
1: my Beamer session is just going to be sandwiched in the middle there. Yeah. And do you, have you found, I mean, of course, we're talking about Beamer here, so I'm going to focus on that part, but have you found um, that by using Beamer, um, you know, obviously, you know, most often you were saying kind of before you start doing that more of the body work, have you found that it's easier to accomplish what you're trying to do and, or that what you do lasts longer?
4: Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the reasons why I do integrate it
1: into a session. Um,
4: So obviously, having uh, normalized vascular tone and and improved circulation being uh, a goal of my osteopathic applications, having Beamer working towards that same goal is only going to improve what Mm -hmm. what I'm doing or something that's doing. So um, it, it is a big part of. sessions that I do um, and I think clients do recognize that I'm using a technology to help improve uh, the benefits that I'm providing the horse to hopefully help them um, last longer and to be more impactful just in that short time
1: that I am able to um, have this horse in front of me. That's great. And and I know when we use it in our practice, too. And a lot of times um, I will start with it for all the reasons we were just talking about, but also um, for the reason that it, it kind of is a real gentle, non-invasive, calming way to kind of start. Um, yeah. And if you kind of start with this real, you know, thing that doesn't scare them, doesn't hurt them, doesn't, um, you know, that they're not unsure about, it tends to relax them a little bit. Do you see that as well?
4: Yeah, and I, I that just reminded me of it too, but the instances where I am applying it
1: to the horse, when
4: I am putting the beaver on the horse before I'm physically working on them, um, would be in a circumstance like that where maybe the horse is mm-hmm. just a little bit um, cold or they're slightly anxious. For the most part, I'm working with a handler, or the ideal is to have a handler and not have the horse hard tied to a stall or on the cross ties. Um, Mm -hmm. So even just having them relaxed with the handler um, before I am introduced to the situation, yes, can definitely make the appointment go a lot smoother and start everyone off
1: in the right mindset. Yeah, I mean, we see that from, like like I said, from our – we use that on the veterinary side to, you know, farriers to, you know, any canning mm-hmm. practitioners tend to, tend to see that. So um, I'd like to yes. highlight that because I, I know that it, it's a small part of it, but it is – but it's not really small when you're trying to work, work on a, you know, 1,000-pound-plus animal. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Tiff, I don't want to take up all the rest of the time. Do you have anything? Um.
2: And she might have talked about this a little bit more, but I just wanted to, to quick ask. So, because I'm not real familiar with uh, this type of modality. So, for people that maybe don't know much about it, what makes it different than, say, other modalities that w- that we know about, like, you know, like chiropractic and, um, you know, body working and all of those types of modalities. How is yours kind of separate and different from from that? I know you're working with more of the whole body. So, can you just explain
4: a little bit more? Yeah, and I think any practitioner or any professional that is approaching a system, approaching a horse, um, you know, the goal is to look at the horse as a whole and
0: as a big picture.
4: Um, I think we're just armed with maybe a few more tools or a different mindset that does encompass more physical uh, mechanisms of the body and the different systems. So when you break it down, what we really look for in osteopathy is the communication and the balance between, they call them pillars, but basically three categories. So um, one being the parietal system, which is the musculoskeletal system. And that's, I would say, what a large portion of um, other structural practitioners would work on. Um, so parietal system, craniosacral system, um, which there are craniosacral therapists, but uh, it truly does lie as one pillar of osteopathy. Um, and craniosacral is like the communication from the head to the hind end and the peripheries through the soft tissue that's surrounding the central nervous system. So we work in and around the spine, the structures of the um, cranium, so the the facial bones, cranial bones, um, the spine and the sacrum, and then the last pillar being the visceral system. And that's really what sets us apart. So uh, working on the organs, obviously, is a little bit difficult in horses to have a direct impact on them. So, The way that we look at the visceral system in horses is a lot through the neurology and how that ties back to the surrounding structures, And um, usually with the assistance of a vet, if we do need to do any manipulation, that is in their scope of practice, not ours. And we can actually do some manual work on the viscera through the pelvic room um, or through other areas to help really address the potential root of an issue. But that would be mm-hmm. that would be the main differentiators is being able to look at it through those three pillars. Well, that's you know, when you move,
3: that, go ahead.
2: Sorry. Go ahead. No, is that something that you um do you I mean I'm sure you work with a, a veterinary organization in in certain areas. What area are you based out of?
4: So I'm in Ontario, in in Canada, but um, with the education that we have in the specific educational institutes that are registered with the IREO, so anyone that gets an EDO designation um, is someone that has tested out at a high level. So there is a network of equine osteopaths that are registered with the IREO uh, internationally. So I service, obviously, a fairly small part. I I do my immediate area, and then I do travel for clients um, to the state periodically. But um, what's exciting is being able to help everyone who wants to experience it uh, be connected with an equine osteopath EDO in their area. Um, And then if needed, we do have um, veterinarians, or your osteopath would have a veterinarian, that they work with to assist with, um, you know, any issues outside the scope of our practice relating to specific injuries, pathologies, um, if there is any internal work needed. um, That's all something that they are um, fantastic about uh, kind of creating a team with us. And that goes for farriers and dentists as well. We we really want to create, you know, a team of professionals that can help your horse, with their their best life and their their most free and mobile life as they can.
2: Well, that's good. Then that, that our listeners know like where they can
4: reach out and and
2: find mm-hmm. that type of community and and utilize services that you're offering and how Beamer can you know contribute to that. So that's great to know. Thank you.
4: Yeah, and if they're like people are welcome. I'm pretty accessible. Um, but if people want to reach out directly to me. Um, I can, you know, figure out where they are and who's the closest uh, EDO in their area, or um, they can go on the IREO website, the International Register for Equine Osteopathy, and there is a location map, and you can look up someone.
3: Wow, Hannah, you just, you, you just, you've given us so much information, and I know I'm thinking, gee, she was on the road in the states. Uh yeah. <laughs> Doing a big road trip last year and I was going I bet with um you know, all I was thinking, I really want her to see my horses.
4: <laughs> so Well if I do it again this year we'll be going through Idaho. So we'll put a pin yeah. in that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm holding on to that. So um <laughs> Um, I think we're almost out of time. Is that correct, Rainy, if you gave us a couple extra minutes? But, but, I, I've given um, us a couple extra minutes, but, yeah, we are. <laughs> cool. Just, so, Hannah, do you have kind of a personal, uh, I know you have a lot of experiences with different horses, but do you have a, uh, a personal um, a
4: Beamer testimonial that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, and I, I think we, we hear a lot about the horses, but to your point, you know, anything that can always encourage the owners or the riders, the trainers to help themselves with it too. Um, I obviously got involved with the horse at first just by nature. That was my most immediate need. Um, But after working with the technology, um, you do see how it can benefit you. So being in a very physical uh, job now, I do need to make sure that i um, can perform for the horses and to make their lives better. So I, I did purchase a uh, Beamer Pro, that's what we have here in Canada, um, a Beamer Pro set for myself a couple of years ago, and it has um, greatly improved the uh, recovery time that I'm experiencing. I do have a um, back issue. I have uh, some curvatures in my spine that, create some discomfort sometimes, and especially if, you know, I might have seven horses to do one day, and I make sure to not only have my beamer with me so I can have it uh, between appointments in the car, but um, definitely stacking my morning to prepare myself um, for kind of that optimum strength and endurance, and then using it for recovery at the end of my day. definitely keeps me going, so, yeah, I have very... Specific equine stories. Um, those are usually rehab cases that come um, up. And I've done long-term rentals for them through their rehab process with their veterinarians. Um, and their recovery times are hugely, I guess, increased, decreased. They're, they're shorter, uh, whichever <laughs> way you want to
0: describe it. But,
4: um yeah. and the, the quality of the tissue feels so much better. Um, if it is a, a bony issue, uh, the vets are usually extremely excited about the the strength and the recovery of the area as a whole. So, you know, you can go on and on with stories like that, but it is uh, hugely beneficial in in so many circumstances. So. Well,
3: I'm I'm excited just as a distributor to. Uh, You know, to always get to showcase a a new professional part of our family and to say, for those of you who listen live or who are listening to the recording, if you want to um, hear more from Ms. Taylor, uh, you're welcome to come back to the Equine Academy on the 25th because she's one of our instructors with that. And I just, as uh, speaking personally, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. It's exciting to me to hear about uh, about your profession and and um, and think about all the different applications. So, um, Rainy, I'll be quiet. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we are so almost out of time, but I definitely want to just you know echo that sentiment and just appreciate the time you've taken to. Um, kind of open our eyes to this, to what I don't think a lot of people know a lot about is, you know, the osteopathy with, you know, it, within e- the equine practice. So um, I think it's incredible. And I, for one, am grateful for the work that you do. So thank you so much for coming on. And um, we appreciate you taking the time. And you are welcome anytime. We'd love to have you back. Oh, thank Absolutely. you so much.
4: I, I was texting Cindy before, too, and I said, well, you know- the more morning- talk about there's more to talk about so uh if anyone has questions after hearing this like you said live or recording you know they're welcome to uh reach out to me with with questions or anything that they might need
1: yeah and and maybe they
4: could use facebook too so
1: Mm -hmm. thank you Mm -hmm. Yep. yep all right. Well, thank you so much, and, and thanks to my co host I enjoy doing this with you every Thursday. I can't tell you enough. Um, be sure, everyone, to um, listen to all the other days of Blog Talk. They're doing great things on all the other days, but we're going to meet you back here next Thursday, as usual, to talk about more horses. So thanks, everyone. hope everyone has a great week. Bye, Cindy. Bye, Tiff. Thanks so much, Hannah. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye, Bye everybody, and thank you, Hannah.
0: Today's show was brought to you by an independent group of Beamer distributors who are committed to helping you find success in your business. We're all part of a bigger mission to bring this amazing technology to a market that so desperately needs it. We'll be back again really soon. Until then, here's to your health.